0: Ready in Hamesh alba, shalosh, Stein yeah. Hey.
1: Yeah. 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 where
2: my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs hidden bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where
1: my mom's at? Podcast
3: with Christina P. Meow, 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 meow. Thank you for listening. Where am I performing? Let's talk about that.
1: <clears throat>
3: Portland, Oregon. I think literally like 10 tickets left on the second show for Revolution Hall, March 31st. And then April 1st, that's gone in Roanoke Park, Chicago, April 29th. Uh, Milk Jockey, Wisconsin, April 30th. And uh, May 13th, Charlestown, West Virginia. And I've just added Comedy Works downtown in Denver. September 14th, 15th, and 16th. I always think of, um, what's that band that I'm thinking of? Not, Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk. It sounds so German. Denver Comedy Works. (laughs) Also, don't forget to buy my Christina piece Perfect Red lipstick, darling. I've developed my formula Uh, Because I absolutely think all the lipsticks I've had before are total shites. And I I spent many, many moons developing this formula that I'm wearing right now in Italy. Uh, It's very, very luxurious. uh, And it's good quality. So get your fucking life, bro. Get it, homie. ChristinaPOnline.com. There you go. Let me tell you, moms, I've been in the fucking depths of like cold season as you, oh, this is my camera right in front of me. Always the question. I'm in a constant fucking kids. I mean, if you have kids, you know that you're chronically ill. It's just chronic. And so the big kid got a cold, the little kids got the cold and, uh, you know, they were up at four thirty this morning and little kids don't go back to sleep when they're sick and, Fuck, so I'm, dude, I'm up at like 4.30 making like Nutella crepes and shit, just being a great mom. So I'm tired, but what I do now, homies, you're gonna hate me for it, but I got this guest house. Because in Texas, they're smart. They believe in putting your mother-in-law in in the backyard in her own separate house. (laughs) So they're called casitas here. They're casitas, little houses. And that's where you throw your guests. So they don't take a dump where you dump. You don't have to see them and smell them and hear them at all hours. And so we have visitors coming. I have a friend coming from Canada very soon and, you know, relatives and, um, so I've been working on my casita. I've been buying nicer bedding and, and putting pictures in there and little taxidermied animals for fun. And and I even went to uh, Bucky's on my way to Dallas. So I didn't know what Bucky's was, but apparently it's Mecca. It's like, it is fucking a marvel. Now, a lot of you, I don't even think you can wrap your brain around a Bucky's unless you've Seen it? It's so. They, it's like a. It's like a. A. It's like a massive market on in the middle of nowhere on your way to wherever, and they start advertising on billboards. Like, come pee at Bucky's. We've got the best toilets in the world. And I remember seeing, I'm like, what is this? Like, just a place you can urinate and buy gas? What is And I know Texans love Bucky's, Bucky's, Bucky's. That's all I hear about. So, I finally break down and I go into Bucky's, not break down literally, but I'm like, I have to whiz. I hear about these toilets, I got to check it out. I mean, you walk in there and it's like just a mecca of just, a, there's gas pumps for miles. There's, you want beef jerky? There's 20,000 types of beef jerky and it's neat. It's pristine. There's brisket sandwiches by the mile. There's like anything you want. They sell artwork at Bucky's. (laughs) My dumb ass, I was standing in line to go potty, which their toilets were incredible. Like I was fucking blown away. Like if you showed somebody from like Afghanistan a Bucky's, their heads would fucking explode. Like you don't people complain about their lives in this country. I'm like, "No, no, no. Go to Bucky's and you will completely <laughs> be a capitalist again." I mean, it is a marvel. So so I'm standing in line and I see artwork that I want to buy. And, I, and the in the shitter of Bucky's. And I'm like, "Do I have time to do this?" Cuz listen, as much as I love Texas, Everything moves at a glacial pace. Like, goddamn, there's no traffic here. They think there's traffic, which is hilarious. There's no traffic. But you gotta start like planning for the amount of time you're gonna stand in line at Starbucks, right? So your commute is still an hour, but it's just that you're standing to get a fucking latte because the guy has half a brain in his head that's making your coffee. So everybody's slower, it's just slow. They're nice, but they're fucking slow. So I take a gamble at Bucky's and lo and behold, she gives me the artwork just like that. I couldn't believe it. I get in my car and then on the way back from Dallas two days later, oh yeah, there's the artwork in the shitter hallway. That's the kind of stuff I bought. Yeah. On the way back, I got another painting at Bucky's. That's how much I love this place. So I have two pieces of Bucky's artwork in my home, but here's what I did. So I, I put it in the casita, right? because I'm decorating this casita. And so I'm down there and what I do is, in, uh, my kids were up at 4.30 this morning and they didn't go to school because they're sick. So what do I do? I grab the casita keys and I go down there, pop a little Xanax, and I take a fucking dissociative nap to reset my <sighs> system, because I'm overloaded from being a mom and being a single mom because my husband's gone. <laughs> um, and then I realized, is that I'm not making this casita for my guests. I'm making it for me. (laughs) And that I have been designing a little tiny bachelorette pad of my dreams. Like I already have the goth mom room, but the problem with goth mom room is that it's still in my house. So when my kids are home, they're, they're always coming in and screaming and I can still hear them. But the casita... The casita is a quiet oasis, I'm away from the kids. I put my Bucky's art in there. I bought a, a taxidermied mouse on a, a stripper pole. She's down there. I got a, a raccoon that's holding a light bulb. That's the lamp down there, like weird shit that I love. And I bought a pullout bed. So now i fucking like, I, I'm like from Laverne and Shirley, I'm like Lenny and Squiggy with like the pull down fucking bed. And I just—I'm pretty soon I'm gonna start making meals down there. <laughs> I'm gonna start living in the casita. So thank God this morning, I'm, my nanny shows up at 6:30 in the morning. Praise Allah. And I go down to the casita. It's dark as shit, and I'm hearing birds chirping. Now I don't listen. I always try to find a bright side to my life, but that was really cool. I don't know if you've been up, at You guys probably stay up all night and then you hear the birds chirping. But I mean, it is a cacophony. It's like they're all up at the sun. The sun was rising this morning and I went down there and all these birds are like. And you know what they're doing is they're talking shit to each other. Right. Like, that's what they're doing. They're like, hey, Rick, go fuck your mother. Hey, Steve, I'm here. Like, that's what birds do. Right. When they talk, they're talking shit.
2: I thought they're talking about trying to fuck. They're like, hey, what's up, Stacy? I want to fuck you. I thought it was like that.
3: Well, let's Google it. Why, why do birds chirp? Because I watched two, I was, in the, I was in my apartment the other day in the Casita apartment, and I watched a red bird talk shit to a little gray bird. She was like, blah, blah, blah. and he was like, blah, blah, blah. like they were having a bird fight. And I was like, damn, dude, even in the animal world, like women are yelling at their husbands. Dudes are a bit messing up. I don't know, dude. Birds use many different vocalizations to communicate with others of their species to warn predators about danger. But the most common sounds are songs, calls, and chicken. Like, but wh- like, why it's sun up? Like, is everybody waking up? And they're just like, "Hey, Steve, what happened today? Did you guys read the news? Yeah, the snow stopped. Okay, it's springtime. Like, they're. I think they're just telling each other what's going on, right? Like, they're all saying good morning to each other. To help ensure, to warm up, to help ensure that when it's their time to shine, they perform with right. their. Birds do the same thing in the early morning, just to, that this, as the sun is shining. They warm up. They're warming up. They're warming up. They're letting you know, I'm here, bitch. They're marking their territory, engage in courtship, announce the beginning of a new day. Isn't that interesting? Break virtue. Okay, here it is. The loud chirping of birds at the break of dawn is referred to as the dawn chorus. At this time, the songs are like... That's what I'm telling you, bro. 46 years on this planet. There I am. 5 a.m. Why do birds sing so early? Early mornings are too dark to search for food and too dark to be spotted by predators. That makes it the perfect time to sing. As there is less background noise and the air is so still, song carries about 20 times farther than it would later in the day. Wow. My fucking mind is blown. First you can buy artwork at the toilet and Bucky's. Now I found out that birds are just like, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm here, bitch. Are you here? We're here. Let's talk. Let's talk some shit. They're just happy to be alive. Wow, man. God damn! Wow. See, it's the little stuff that just really, <laughs> really <laughs> fascinates me. And and the turtles are back in my backyard, which is dope. I love to sneak up on them before they realize, and they poop, they go away. So that is cool. So that's my life. Uh, I got that going on. Secondly, I've decided, and I know this is a very unpopular, controversial opinion in the mom world. I've made a decision. I will no longer be enrolling. My first grader in extracurricular activities. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, I know that the pressure, the peer pressure is real. Everybody does it. I was talking to a parent, and they're like, it was a Sunday, and it's a Sunday on the Lord's Day, and they're like, "Oh, we are you know, uh, uh, we already have been to soccer, touch football, uh, karate." On a Sunday, this is our sixth hour of activity. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing this for? What are you doing? Is this for the kid? Or is this so that you don't have to interact with your kid? (laughs) Because there's there's definitely value in that. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But there's a cost-benefit analysis, a a cost-benefit thing where you go like, Yes, I can take the kid to the extracurricular. Let, let me paint a picture for you what this is really like in my world, okay? And I know you're like, Christina, you're rich, you have nannies doing this. No, I don't have nannies doing this. I'm with my kids. My husband travels now, I'm with my kids. So Sunday rolls around and it's the, the fucking soccer is like at 2 p.m., which in Texas is like the hottest part of the day, okay? Which makes zero fucking sense. Also, it's outdoors. So I got to figure out a way to get my cranky-ass four-year-old and the seven-year-old to go to fucking whatever high school this bullshit's going to be played in. I have to pack a wagon. I have a wagon, a red wagon that folds, and I unfold the wagon, and then I put a chair that I bought on Amazon that's got the sun visor on it, roof, and then I got snacks, then you have to pack pack the fucking snacks because the kids got to have snacks. And then you pack like toys for the little one because he's cranky as shit because he doesn't want to sit and watch his brother play soccer for two hours. So then I finally go, oh, and then you, pu- you pull up to the field and they're like, oh, no, no, soccer's not here. It's on the other campus. So now you got to fucking wheel your stupid wagon across the street. I- and then if I want to pee, I got to go whiz in a dirty uh a potty I, yeah, yeah, I'm over it. It's for the birds. And now it's nice because the kid is distracted for maybe an hour. But even so, every five seconds, Alice is running up to me. Mom, mom, can I have some water? Mom, can I have a snack? Mom, can we go home now? I hate it. I hate it. So like, it doesn't really give the parent a break. Because you're suffering. You're suffering. That's the problem with extracurriculars. You put your kid in karate. Guess who's watching karate for three hours a goddamn week, making chit chat with the most boring motherfuckers on the planet, this guy. And unless my child has a burning desire to do these activities, until then, forget about it. So you know what I did instead this weekend? I said, we're not going to soccer. I'm ditching it. You know what we're gonna do, kid? We're gonna go to the playground. Playground. This is where life lessons are really learned. The playground. That's where shit goes down. Politics happens with other kids. You fall down. You scrape your shit. You get up. You try it again. Some kid talks some smack to you. You talk smack back. You figure it out. There's creepy, weird dudes. You learn to avoid creepy, weird dudes. You you know what I mean? It's survival camp. And I went there instead two days this weekend. And it was fantastic. And I watched my boys on the merry-go-round. You know the merry-go-round? Back in the day, first of all, they pussified every piece of playground furniture on the planet. Everything is made out of, uh, you know, recycled and eco-friendly plastic. So the kids can't even get hurt if they want to, which is no fun. There should be an element of danger in play because (laughs) that is what play is. There's an element of danger to life and play. and and, Okay, so so they used to have what's called, this is the merry-go-round. This is the kind we grew up on. Anybody listening hot metal, hot as shit, and it teaches you about what? Centrifugal force. This is a very important thing. You learn that if you start in the middle, your ass is gonna end up on the edges, so you start on the edge, or maybe you hold on in the middle. This is a very important life lesson. (laughs) And you learn to get away from the heat, you know? Okay, so now they don't teach you about the heat and the scalding, but so it's plastic, the merry-go-round. And I'm watching my two boys on this merry-go-round. And I'm telling you, they learn more on this goddamn merry-go-round than stupid organized sports, okay? Than some fucking, you know, uh, woke dad coaching them about their fucking feelings. Ugh. And overexcited parents uh, when their kid gets a touchdown or whatever in flag football. Who gives a shit? They're in first grade. They don't even know what fucking day it is. Okay. (laughs) Centrifugal force. I'm watching them learn about centrifugal force, physics. Number two. You know, they're sitting there, the old, my older boy's fearless. He gets on there and he's pushing the other kids and he's like, ah, faster, faster. He's a fucking psycho, psycho. And then the, the younger one's a little more timid. He watches. He's not sure. He gets on. Oh, I'm going to read that in a minute. You keep that up. The little guy's watching. He gets on. He gets scared. He wants to get off. I say, okay, I don't pressure. I never pressure. You don't want to do it. Don't do it. Go do something else. I say, go find something else. But I watched my little one go through the dilemma of like, yeah, but I'll be excluded. I'll be excluded. And being excluded feels worse than my fear of the thing. So I'm going to overcome ex- the fear and I'm going to go do the, the merry-go-round. And I watched him overcome something. It was a beautiful arc, which is more than like some dad, which are great. By the way, I love these guys that coach my kids soccer. They're, they're wonderful people. Don't get me wrong. But then that kind of like, you know, fake fucking structured, life isn't structured. Life is a messy playground. So I watched him overcome his own fear and he gets on the thing, the merry-go-round. And then then of course they're yelling to me, Mommy, push me on the merry-go-round. And you know what I said? No. No. Moms don't push kids on the merry-go-round. I said, Mom, sit here and watch. I'm sitting on the bench and I watch you. I said, that's a dad's job. I go, you just got to wait for some crazy strong dad to come along. And lo and behold, five seconds later, this rad, huge, like, I don't fucking Indian, Pakistani dad came with his kids and they got in there and this motherfucker had, I'm not even joking, I wish I were, he had an extra thumb. Homeboy had two thumbs. And I was like, oh, this guy's going to rock this merry-go-round. Because he's got two opposable thumbs, right? He's got that extra grip. So he fucking took that merry-go-round. Oh, oh. And he was swinging these kids. And these kids were just like glued to the back of it. And I was watching the little one. And he was like, faster, faster. Like and he got into it. And I was like, that's what's up. And that's why... I'm not going to go. I'm not doing it. Not until, like I said, there's a burning desire to learn. Whatever. And I also teach Ellis, too. I don't know what people are like, how do you tell your kids not to? You just tell them. Don't, don't talk to weird adults. Adult comes up to you and talk. Don't talk to them. Get away from them. So that's good. Um, maybe when they're older. I think, I think there's value in it when they're like junior high. We're getting, we're getting into hormones and stuff and you need to give them direction. Absolutely. But for now, the kids want to be with you. They want to learn from you. They want to to learn from mom and dad. They don't want to be fucking, and some do. I don't know. Some kids love extracurricular activities. I know a kid, he's like, he wants to do it. He's self-directed that way. Great. My kids, they don't. They want to hang out with mom and dad. So it's great. So this is a great article. Looks like uh, we pulled up something here about the downsides of overscheduling. Unfortunately, overscheduling kids in too many extracurricular activities can take a toll on both the children and their parents. Yeah. Uh, there's simply not enough information out there how valuable play is. Unstructured playtime promotes social skill development <clears throat> and kids developing. Goddamn. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Problem solving skills. See? It allows them to be creative thinkers and develop assertiveness. And they learn how to cope with negative emotions. If you think about children, when they get into a conflict on the playground, they have to manage some of these things without an adult present. Thank you. Thank you. This is what I'm talking about. And, 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 and without the adult present, this is a huge one because even at the park, I see the parents want to get into the, Connor, go over here. Why don't you try the thing? Connor, look at the t- Connor. It's like, do, 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 do. let him just chill. You're at the park, have a beer, chill out. F- let him, let them do. They're safe. They're fine. So in addition to the stress kids feel from being overscheduled, Fink says also hard on the parents who often have to be in more places at once than is physically possible. This is true. I think parents need to be cognizant of their own tolerance and capability and energy, because sometimes I think that's where the negatives first show up. Yeah, the kids might still be doing okay, but if you're driving yourself crazy trying to get everybody to everything, it's not necessarily worth it. I agree. I agree, and I, and I think what it is is this this uh, idea that if you why why are we overscheduled? Is it to teach kids to be winners? Is that like I'm gonna teach them to have like 20 different skills and then they're gonna grow up and be like the CEO of Tesla. I don't think Elon Musk did any of this shit. Didn't he just grow up in South Africa hating his mom? Hating your mom is more of a a benefit and a motivation to become successful. Trust me on this, trust me. All this extracurricular shit is not gonna make your kids successful. You know what will? Neglect, abuse, Some of the most successful people have had the worst parenting, okay? Elon Musk hates his mommy. Uh, Mike Tyson, a horrible childhood. Michael Jackson, boofah. Bad childhood, really successful. So that is the secret. (laughs) Hate your mom. God damn it. Anyway, that's my dissertation on that. Let's get into some videos, you guys. I gotta say, I've always liked Jamie Lee Curtis and now I have even more reason to like her we played a clip of her on your mom's house I guess she won an award some Oscar or something and she's like I never thought I would be here she's like (laughs) she's like I was the lady that sold you yogurt that made you shit and now I'm at the Oscars I was like that is so amazingly self-aware and Jamie Lee Curtis has become the voice of reason in the world here she is on the red carpet giving an interview and this is just fantastic let's play this clip of her talking
1: i am gonna just say this now as a taunt and as a suggestion you too, do a matinee <laughs> cold play do a matinee what about a 12 noon concert cold play <laughs> what about it bruce springsteen do a matinee you're old <laughs> Why wouldn't you let me come see you, Bruce Springsteen, in your glory days, pun intended, um, and yeah. do it at noon or one o'clock? Two That's o'clock, what I'm saying. Two o'clock matinee, theater in New York. Two o'clock. Thank you. I will come and hear your five-hour concert, Bruce, at two o'clock, and I'm going to be home and in bed by seven. Ah!
3: Finally. Can she run for president? This is the most reasonable thing I've heard on social media in my entire life. Praise her, praise Jamie Lee Curtis, praise Allah. I'm telling, I've been saying this shit for not the concert thing, but I I never applied it to music. She's right. Bruce Springsteen, how old is this motherfucker? He's 70 something. Oh, and by I I would never see Bruce Springsteen too. This isn't, he's still playing like he's, see 73 years old. (laughs) he's seven. He doesn't want to be up past. He doesn't want to start the show at nine. He's still, but he's still blue collar. He's got to wake up at five and plow the fields, right? <laughs> Fucking asshole. Don't you fall for this shit. You guys that he's still the boss. He's still uh, you know, he's just a regular guy. No, he ain't. But uh, yeah, I agree. I've always, I've, I've, I completely agree with you, Jamie Lee Curtis. I've said this when my agent will call me and he'll go, oh, we need to add a third show on Saturday in whatever city. Do you want to add a midnight show? I go, go fuck your mother. I want to add a five o'clock show. <laughs> How about a five o'clock show for the parents? For anybody that has a lick of sense to them. Five, five o'clock, I would start at five. Perfect. So I'm, you know what? Come to think of it, I should just have Agent Jean's like pitch that to all my gigs. Why can't I just do that for all my shows? Oh, I just had a Pajitsky effect. (laughs) Holy shit. I think I fucking can. Well, especially with these theaters. I understand why clubs do it because the clubs are on a normal schedule, but I can do it in a theater. Oh, God, I'm such an idiot. What have I been doing my whole life? Um, Anyway, thank you, Jamie Curtis, for finally putting the movement out there that we need to start concerts at a decent hour. And I would also argue only in venues where old people can buy VIP seats with full bottle service and food. Like I want to be able to eat and watch Bauhaus or like drink wine and sit down peacefully (laughs) and lay down beds. (laughs) Can we also lay down and have a masseuse come around? And yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What else can I do? Uh, Let's do something stupid because I think these these are fun. Let's do the cat one. I'm really deep into cat vids lately. I don't, I'm not a huge cat person, I'm a dog lady, but man, these cat vids are just slamming right now on the talk and on the gram. Listen to this cat, listen to what it sounds like.
0: Nicole. (laughs) Nicole. 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 (laughs) Nicole. Nicole.
3: What? Nicole. I mean, that sounds like Nicole, right? That's amazing. Hey, Google, Google, can cats really talk? (laughs) Because I'm convinced that though cats don't have the ability to use spoken human words. They do communicate with us in a variety of other ways. No, they use their voice to meow, purr, chirp, hiss. I feel like they can imitate these words. Nicole! Cats can imitate nuances in their owner's voices, (gasps) such as melody patterns, in order to be able to communicate better. So yeah, maybe they can. You're a cat. Hey, wait a minute. Two of the three of you were cat guys, right? Chad, are you a cat guy too? Yeah,
4: definitely. Oh my
3: God. (laughs) So like, did your cat talk?
4: Oh yeah, all the time.
3: Like that though? Like where they say words?
4: Sort of. She has different things that she communicates. Like what? Well, it's mostly about food a lot of the time. She lets me know when her bowl's getting close to empty, so I know that it's almost (laughs) time to refill it.
3: What does she say? She
4: says, get your ass over here and look at where my food's at. (laughs) Look
3: at my food! (laughs) 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 Mom. Nicole! (laughs) Mom! What about your cat, Josh? Does your cat talk yet?
0: My cat doesn't shut up. I thought it was (laughs) because she was a kitten at
3: first, because she just meows constantly. Yeah.
0: But it, it's all day and all night. And all like uh-uh. her food and water is all like automatic feeders. So I don't know what she wants. I think it's just she wants me to play with her
3: constantly. Oh my God. How annoying. So what? how do you sleep at night? Uh, not well. <laughs> <laughs> she just meows at you all night?
0: And like walks like on my face and all. Like, it's it's adorable. It is adorable. <laughs> but it drives me crazy a lot yeah, of the time. It's like
3: children. That's exactly what my kids do to me. you are yeah. like, I love you. You're so cute. Like, Juju will say, like, Mom, you're in my heart. Always. <laughs> like, as he's keeping me awake at four in the morning, and I'm like, God damn it. I can't hate you. But a cat. Dude, throw that thing out the window. Fuck a cat. <laughs> Who cares? Trust me, I want
0: to a lot of <laughs> yeah.
3: the time. Oh, my God, dude. What do you do? Like, that's the problem with pets is, like, it's such a luck of the draw because... You could just, like, you, yeah, you don't even know what you're getting. And then that thing could be a fucking constant meow and you want to die. You yeah, can't I win the lottery
4: with mine. Is it Mine's, just shut up? It's very sweet and, yeah, doesn't do that kind of bullshit.
3: Like a broad. <laughs> like a good woman. You just shut up, bitch. <laughs> like my first stepmom, just very demure, quiet. Just cooks and cleans and shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cat! My my older boy is begging for a cat, and I'm like, no, dude, because like you think it's easier than a dog? That shit ain't easy, right? First of all, the motherfucker shits in your house, right? You got to clean up cat shit. Don't they? They poop in a box, which is really helpful. Cats are easier. They are. Because yeah. you can leave them alone for days, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, you can
0: get an automatic like cat litter thing too that cleans itself too.
3: Yeah. But there's no training them. Can you really train them to piss off, like, at night?
0: I think you can. Yeah. I don't know how to. I haven't tried. Well, to be fair, Zolo
4: found his cat under a dumpster, so I think he's starting <laughs> at a different I place think,
0: with his. I think she's traumatized. She was a little kitten yeah. in a rainstorm under a car, oh. just crying. So I think she got abandoned and has some issues, but she's very She'll always have them. Yeah.
3: You know, it's interesting. That's yeah. That's how they go. FIFA was like that too. Like you don't know their early life, and then they're just wired. She's she's gonna be like that for a minute, dude. Unless you get her a companion, and then two of them, and then your life is twice as hard. Yeah. But she needs another cat to entertain hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the secret. God damn, Nicole.
2: So are you gonna get two cats now, Zola? I think yeah, maybe three. <laughs> 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 my cat would hate that she
3: hates other cats they hate other cats is it a girl Yours? yeah Yeah, they're very territorial yeah
0: Yeah. no I think she just wants someone to play with her and I'm at work all the time I I can't really give her the attention she needs
3: yeah bring her here
0: studio cat
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't mind I would like a studio I need we need I like animals around me too yeah bring it here okay uh, let's play this, uh, this one I found this morning, scrolling at like five in the morning to play this one. It's just so random. I just like this and I want to use this as, as a possible drop on this show. Tell
0: me what you think of your mom. I think
3: she's a slut. <laughs> 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 this is from the Maury Povich show. And the, what do you think of your mom? I think my mom's a slut. <laughs> What is he like? Nine? What a dick, dude! How does he even know what a slut is at that age? What a little punk! Maury Povich was one of those shows. Uh, gosh, late eighties, early nineties, that masqueraded as a legitimate talk show of value. Uh, there was a whole slew of those where, like Jerry Springer, Maury Povich, Sally Jesse Raphael, Ricky. Ricky Ricky's real though. Like I like oh, yeah. Ricky. <laughs> That was her stupid slogan like Ricky's real like okay sure Ricky and then Ricky came out with that documentary uh you know maligning hospital birth like it was the end of the world I'll never I and I watched it too before I had kids if you guys haven't seen this you know I don't know what happened to Ricky Lake when she gave birth but she was very traumatized or something because she made this documentary about the evils of hospital birth and they just want you to give birth as soon as possible. And they give you Pitocin and Pitocin makes your contractions come earlier and more closer together. And then they make you give birth on their timetable and not yours. And you're like, yeah, that sounds fucking great. That's why I'm at the hospital. I don't want to be in labor for five days. Speed it up Give me the drugs And let's get home in time For fucking house hunters Dude I don't want to be in the hospital But she was like Pitocin is the devil The doctors, the patriarchy And I'm like Okay I get it Like if you want to have A natural home birth Be my guest dude Like good luck But I mean It's not the devil I had Pitocin on my second one Fine Great I'm I'm all for the hospital birth So I don't know, dude. And by the way, like I know there's some bitches that can have birth at home. A lot of them do. I have a friend that had four kids in her house, in her living room, did great. But a lot of them end up in the hospital, so it sucks. It just sucks. Um, okay, let's do some follow-ups. What have we got in the, the voicemail departments?
0: Here is a follow-up on eating boogers.
3: Oh, delightful.
1: Hi, Mommy. This is Megan from Chicago. Megan. Um, I have a follow-up. I am currently listening to um, the episode with Corinne Fisher, and you guys are currently talking about picking your boogers and eating them. I was an avid booger eater as a child, as most of us were. Um, But then I was told by a friend's mom, this friend also ate her boogers and we would do it together, which is just obviously horrifying. Yeah. But her mom told us that if we ate our boogers, we would turn into a poop. But oh. as far as the study goes, it's true. Eating your boogers can't help your immune system because you're eating small doses of the virus that could be present in your nose by breathing. Um, so your body just eats like just a teeny bit of it. And it can help fight it off, but it's not a strong enough number to make you really sick. So, wow. or, you know, um, I don't know if it could convert me back to eating them, but it is food for thought for food is the wrong choice.
3: Yeah. Bye. Bye. Wow. Eating your boogers helps build immunity. I mean, look, it's a pretty solid theory. I'm not, that does sound logically possible, um wow okay okay i mean look i'm uh i don't eat my boogers anymore but i am in the midst of uh two kids that are sick and i myself knock on wood still in there i'm still healthy and i was telling all of that and what did you say
0: i said it's because of your pocket almonds my
3: pocket almonds Mm because i carry almonds around in my pocket and i eat them and i I think that little tiny pieces of dirt keep you healthy. This is true. I also believe in the, you know, old school kind of Hungarian methods. You eat a lot of garlic. I eat a lot of garlic in ethnic dishes. I, uh, I drink water that's been left out for days, like this one. Look at that immune system. And I bathe in the blood of gypsies. And that's what will keep you healthy. Is uh, gypsy blood. Yeah. Eating their hearts. That's what Hungarians have been doing for centuries. Let's do some other follow-ups. I'm, uh, I'm stoked to hear what the world has to say.
1: Hi, mommies. Um, I have, for um, Christine, I have a total vag dryer. Cool. Um, dating some guy. Went out a couple times. I didn't notice any weird smells or anything, but when I went into, finally went to his house and went in his bathroom, he had... He uses that Axe body spray, that A X E, and oh my god, I had to get the fuck out of there. Mm. Love like, you, hey, mommy. Bye.
3: Yeah, so Axe body spray is a relic. What time period was that? Early two thousands, late nineties. Um, I don't, I don't remember smelling it, but in my time, it was, was it Eternity? Calvin Klein's <laughs> and those, you know, every, every generation has its smell. What, what's the, what are the kids smelling like now? Zolo, do you know?
0: I mean, I feel like Axe body spray is still around Axe and like Old Spice, you know, just kind of like the drugstore, like body sprays. <laughs> oh.
3: I, I love, can I tell you something? I kind of like Old Spice. I feel like that's a timeless classic. Old Spice has a smell, um, something bare, and my, my friends bought it for Tom as a joke, and it's really good, I have to say. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan I've of... I've used
0: that exact one, too. It's so good! <laughs> general, like, bear, so, bear Glove. Bear Glove! glove. That's what I have. I used right? that. Right?
3: Yeah. It kind of crushes. Look it up. Is it a deodorant, too? So, for any of the guys listening, dude, check out Bear Glove. It kind of, like, crushes Old Spice. <laughs> Look, there's a reason this shit's been around for, like, generations. <laughs> Yeah, bear glove smells great, very fresh. But uh, as a whole, male fragrance is a tough one. It's a tough sell, and you can't overkill it. That's the problem: is if you if you overkill it to try to conceal bad smells, that's how women get yucked out. You got to shower, like make sure you're clean first, and then you put the good smells on top. Don't try to conceal, because we know that that's what she probably smells. Now, apropos Vag Dryer. Very interesting. Gosh, you guys really sounded off on this topic of putting yogurt in your, in your Yanni. This is so gross. And I, I've only kind of heard about this as a joke. Uh, I played a clip a million years ago about a woman who was like, if your veg is burning, just put yogurt in your maxi pad and then it'll cool your meow. Apparently this is real. And uh, here we go. Oh man, this is under, this is labeled under fun trauma. I've asked you guys to submit fun trauma. Ay, yay, yay. Okay, I was just listening to your latest episode with Dr. Ju, where you were discussing the yogurt dipped tampon cure, and I was sent back in time. I grew up in Sweden with hippie slash new agey parents. One day when I was about five, my mom was with me in the bathroom. Oh my God, five. And I got to witness her dunk a big piece of cotton into a cup of vanilla yogurt and then smushing it in her vagina as she was explaining how, quote, the bacteria culture is so good for your vagina and it also smells better if it is vanilla. I will always remember that with disgust. It has haunted me for 20 years. I love you guys. Keep those soaked tampons high and tight. (laughs) You bet I'll be pulling mine out in May. Very good. God, they're so good with these outros and intros. I mean, I'm pretty sure Drew told us that it's the flavoring that's not a good idea. I mean, look, I understand the principle. there's, There's cultures and probiotics in yogurt, but I think the vanilla is sugar, and you don't want that in your meow that's what's going to taint it. Gosh, this just gave me a flashback to my, you know, my stepmom was obsessed with her uh, vaginal smells. I remember she just had a a buffet of like different douches and uh, she was really into douching, douching. It's very rough on your meow and, uh, yeah, dip summer's Eve, pull up summer's Eve, pull up summer's Eve. Let's take a walk down the summer's Eve. (laughs) Is it a summer's Eve? Which is not a good name for a douche because a summer's Eve is very hot and sweaty. I would have called it winter's Eve or spring Eve where your vag is less inclined to be sweaty. So look at these. Yeah, this is what the packaging looks like now. But, you know, when I was an adolescent, pre-adolescent girl looking through my stepmom's douche closet, it was traumatic. Because I was like, why? Why do you... I didn't... I I always knew that it was pretty... Yo, that's the shit I was looking at. That's what I was looking at. Like the lady who's like three-quarter turn and then the blue paint behind her. Yeah, there was an obsession with... Mass and gill, summer's eve, you put that up there, you get rid of the, get rid of the smells, get rid of the bacteria. It's like, ay, aye, aye, aye. The, you don't need to do this. Just so you know, it, you know, it's a self-cleaning system. You don't really need to, um, to put stuff up there. If it's healthy, you don't really need to. But do take a probiotic via your mouth. You can take a pill. <laughs> you can eat the <laughs> yogurt. Uh, you don't need to shove it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> You don't need to. Okay. And then there was another lady. Oh gosh. No, I don't want to talk about yogurt and pussies anymore. I think I'm fucking fresh. I want to die. Let's I want to revisit. Oh no, no. I want you to play this clip I found for moms if you're listening. So, uh back in the if you're a mom listening or not, back in the day we had slumber parties, right? And I, you know, times have changed. I I emailed parents uh, for playdates now. And uh, these parents, recently I've emailed a parent who I have never met in person, although our children go to school together. I'm sure they're lovely people. And she very graciously offered to take my son uh, home with her kid back to their house after school. And then maybe later I could come by And, you know, we could all hang out. And I was like, gosh, I don't know. I don't really know you. I didn't say that to her, of course. (laughs) But I was like, I don't fucking know you, bitch. Like, you ain't taking my kid back to your house. Um, But back in my generation, there was zero awareness of stranger danger that way. Um, But this is really, this is an interesting idea. So play this. If your kid asks you to have a sleepover, this is a really, really, I think, cool way to get out of doing it. All right. Here you go
1: do you know what a sleep under is? It's a slumber party, but minus the slumber. They can dress like this, bring these, have some popcorn, watch a movie, and even stay up late without the high risk of unsupervised time where your children have a higher potential of sexual trauma, sexual abuse, (sighs) or something just not great happening. You can feel like a terrible bind between your child's excitement for a slumber party and your awareness of the risks that are involved in unsupervised overnight time. So throw yourselves a sleep under and try and convince all of your kids' friends to do the same thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I, I look, my parents were, my mother was very concerned about uh, stupid shit, right? Like, my mom was concerned about things she should not have been concerned about, and then she should have been concerned about things that she wasn't. Does that make sense? Like, I was riding the public bus in L.A. from the time I was 13 years old going to Hollywood didn't seem to phase her. <laughs> but if I had an eggshell in my scrambled eggs, it meant that my esophagus and my intestines would get shredded and then I would die and bleed internally. Like, just dumb things. So, uh, I like this idea of a sleep under. I've never, would you guys, were you guys, I, I, th- I think that it's good in the sense that like, you know what fucking happens at sleepovers, especially if you're of girls, is that some girl drama goes down And then you're going to get a phone call at two in the morning like, Mom, you know, Tracy said that I'm this and that. And, you know, come pick me up. We're fighting. That's really the problem. I think more than like you getting assaulted by their stepdad. But I don't know. Were you guys ever sexually assaulted at a slumber party? No, not me
2: personally. No. But you know someone that was? No, absolutely not. No, like all we would do is like, uh, you know, we'd have a sleepover and then it'd be like, hey, guys, I got animal house. And then we'd all watch that, and we'd learn about sex through movies that we weren't allowed to watch.
3: Yeah. How about you, Josh? Were you molested ever at a slumber party?
2: (laughs) All good here,
0: fortunately.
3: (laughs) Chad, molested at the slumber party?
4: Not that I can recall.
3: (laughs) 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 Right, because I, I, again, I was totally unsupervised in the 80s, and I... I don't remember ever. I, I think the dads wanted to get as far away from us as possible. Quite honestly, the parents were just like, fuck off, go watch revenge. Of the nerds in a separate wing of the house. Um, but that's a great way. I like that one. I was a good one. Um, okay. And then let's revisit this clip about the apology. I played this with Rachel Feinstein last week and it's really stuck with me. This is mom and God bless her, God bless her heart as they say in Texas. Um it's just like, look, this is a this is a time where you're supposed to when your child or somebody your kid has a tantrum, you're not supposed to like shush them or stop the behavior. You're supposed to explore the feeling and help them deal with their feelings. So this is the type of parenting we are in now versus like shut up you're fucking annoying me. Go outside. I'll give you something to cry about. Like you're supposed to be more empathetic and you're, you're helping them deal with feelings. Okay. So that in and of itself is so fucking exhausting because if you're a parent, like, you know, this job is 24 seven. And then when your kid's having a meltdown, like, do you realize the impossibility of you doing this? Like Most of the time, like maybe, I don't know, dude, just listen to what the fucking crazy bitch is saying. This is, so this is her talking to her toddler. This is an apology. Like, let's say you flip out on your kid and this is how you're supposed to come back to them later and apologize for freaking out on them. Okay. This is her. This is, imagine you're the toddler and this, this comes to you. (laughs) Hey, do you remember yesterday when
1: I was making you a sandwich and you complained there was too much mayonnaise and I yelled at you and said, well, you can make your own sandwiches. From now on,
3: I just want to say I'm sorry. That's so far so good. um, Kind of disrespectful and reactionary of me. (laughs) Hold on. Press pause. Press pause. Stop. Like, okay. Remember the other day, Nadav, when I made you a sandwich and you said that there was too much mayonnaise on it. I just like, okay. And then, okay, great, good. The kid can be like, no, cause they don't remember what happened to them five seconds ago. So she's not even gonna fucking remember what happened yesterday. I guarantee it, okay. And she's like, I just want to apologize. I w- that was very disrespectful. Okay, that's where I would have ended this entire fucking discussion. Like, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. That was really out of line. Mommy was angry and I didn't, I shouldn't have said that. That's how I I've apologized to my kids. I've I've reacted poorly and been like, you know what? I'm really sorry. That wasn't cool. And then the kid goes, that's okay, mommy. And then end of story. So now she's going into like her whole psychotherapy problems. <laughs> that was disrespectful. And my therapist and I have been talking about it. Go ahead and play what she says. Fucking amazing. I
1: I, I wonder what it was like for you when I yell at you and say that I'm not going to make your sandwiches anymore. Like <laughs> and I want you to know that I am really working on not
0: yelling and just breathing and taking a moment yeah. and allowing you to to be who you are and um, <laughs> and not take things so personally. So I'm
1: taking um, Mary Van Gaffen. Okay, she's class plugging class. her um, shit now. You can pause. And
3: just stick, get out of here. I mean, could you even imagine uh, as a 46 year old woman being on the receiving end of that was fucking terrible. Like, I I can't handle that much. Right, Nadav? Are you, so, are you totally overloaded by that woman's emotional problems? Like
2: I'm just, I can't believe. Like, I would have been such a, gig, a, much, such a bigger gigantic pussy than I currently am <laughs> if my mom talked to me that way. Like, it ended at make your own sandwiches. Dad, yeah. And <laughs> then you get in your head. And you're like, oh, yeah. You can't, if someone makes something for you and you don't like it, just fucking eat it or make it yourself. Make it yourself.
3: And then, yeah, just fuck off and figure it out figure it out but then she gets into her own and then mommy's dealing with that and then I'm I'm working on my own reactivity and these kids don't know what these words mean they don't understand this (laughs) it's mom what's reactionary I'm so uncomfortable like her her level of feelings is just fucking (laughs)
4: feels very patronizing too.
3: Yeah, right?
4: Yeah, condescending. I mean, they are children, but still.
3: <laughs> yeah, stupid kids.
4: They should make their own sandwich, I think, if they're going to complain. <laughs> yeah.
3: Condescending though. It's overwhelming for a kid. Wouldn't that be overwhelming for you? Cuz it feels like you're your mother's therapist. I think that's why it affects me cuz I was my mother's therapist. Like so when they download like her fucking emotional landscape to you, you're like, "Bitch, don't don't tell me all your shit. Just apologize and let's get on with it."
2: Right? right? Yeah. It's like it's be, too much. Cause when you're a kid, it's like mom and dad are superheroes. Yeah. And when you, they start apologizing like that, it breaks it. Down. You're not supposed to know they're human until you're well in high school, maybe yeah. college, you know, they're infallible.
3: <sighs> or at least just like a simple, Hey, that was, I shouldn't have, sorry, that was bad. And then they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. No problem. And like, end of fucking story. So patronizing. <laughs> yeah. I love how specific she was like, Remember when I you complained that there was too much mayonnaise on yours? <laughs> like sh- it's in her craw. She's like that fucking mayonnaise. You want your mayonnaise? Fuck your mayonnaise. Like she she remembered specifically what the gripe was, which is crazy because in Toddler Town there's so many gripes that you can't keep track of them all. She's fucking crazier than the 2-year-old, man.
4: Yeah, I wonder how she talks to their father if it's like oh! the same kind of tone. That would I would be like, "What are you doing?"
3: Oh. Hold on. Pause for a second. Hold on. Just for 1 second, Zola. I got to send this to you. Can you can you play this like Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a result of like Listen, I understand we need to feminize society a little bit. Yes 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 women need to have a voice there needs to be more of a balance and equality but there is a point where like bitch you're just annoying everybody's getting annoyed just shut up and get on with it so if you guys want to know what comedians send each other I get sent these lovely gems. So this is an article from the insider. So I won't say who sent this to me, but uh, God bless comedians. It's a picture of a guy who looks like he's about to cry. Um, uh, he's on the edge. He's on the brink. And it's like, here's the headline. Are you ready? <laughs> my wife is bisexual and non-binary. And my daughter is transgender. It's a lot. My queer family helped me better understand myself and my masculinity. (laughs) And your masculinity. I don't think so. You don't look like you have much of it left. (laughs) He's broken the fuck down. If you guys can see this man, this poor son of a bitch. God damn. I'd be like, just, just leave. Honestly, just leave. You're dealing with too much. My wife is bisexual and non-binary i mean listen <laughs> how fucking unfair is that first of all you know when this fool got married the wife maybe was like yeah i'm mean, in college i kissed a girl on her tongue okay it was the 90s everybody was doing it and he was like well that's kind of cool like she's probably open-minded i could marry kathy no prob Cut to today when everybody's like, my pronouns are they, them." my H-A-s, they, they, And then this bitch is like, I think I'm non-binary and I think I am bisexual." And he's so deep in it. He's got the daughter with her and he's trying to be a good guy. And he's like, yeah, but my daughter needs me And a transgender. Daughter. I would, I would just put a fucking gun to my mouth. Is there like a video? Okay, here we go. Oh, shit. My daughter's transgender. My wife is bisexual and non-binary. As the boring cisgender straight guy in the family. Uh, I don't know. I would just say mentally stable instead of boring. Boring sounds great to me. Shit. We'll take you in, kiddo. I just don't get aspects of queer culture. I try to take an interest, but your demographic... Destiny sometimes rears up and says But I'm grateful to be outnumbered in my family by the other demographics. <laughs> He's grateful, guys. When you share a family with queer people, your understanding of love becomes more expansive, as does your understanding of yourself. How brainwashed is this poor son of a bitch? This is like those girls that Rob Eiler was bringing up that they're polyamorous and the guy is like, "God, you're just so what does he say to them? He's like, you're so binary or whatever. You're so mono. You're so mono. <laughs> and they, although the daughter and the wife are just roping him into this fucking nonsense and he's got to come out like this is cool. Uh, Our daughter came out as bisexual in middle school. In high school, she reassessed and came out as trans and lesbian. Jesus Christ. How about we just 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 pump the brakes on the labels? Does she have to come out every five fucking, like, do you know what I mean? How exhausting is it for these young people to be like, nope, I'm bisexual. Nope. Changed it. I'm just chill. Just chill. Just do, do you. And then when you're like 28, be like, all right, guys, I made a decision, family meeting. I am this. I, I, you know what I mean? Why do you have to keep everybody in the loop all the time? Often when families, even supportive ones, discover their children are queer, they feel like it's a loss. There's a loss of the past because the child you thought you knew isn't who you thought they were, and there's a loss of the future because society is, in many ways, a homophobic garbage fire. A queer people, and queer people face discrimination in many professions. I mean, is it? Are we in a homophobic garbage fire? I mean, yeah, there are parts of the country and parts of the world that are definitely homophobic garbage fires. But again, go where you're celebrated, not where you're telling. There's many cities in America that love queer people. Austin, we're one of them. Come move to Austin, live in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, New York City, many places, Miami, totally gay. Oh, okay, my wife, hold on, hold on. My wife has known she's bisexual since she was in middle school in Northwestern Indiana. Though she was heavily and miserably closeted until college, what did I fucking tell ya? And that's when Kathy started kissing girls. It's been a relief for her and a validation that our daughter felt comfortable coming out at our home and school. Ay ve, I mean, how exhausting this poor son of a bitch. Hold on a second. And then there's me, the only Sizhet. Oh, that's the abbreviation for Siz. How poor this poor man just getting beaten down for just being a regular boring guy. Yeah, yeah, he's boring and regular. Let him just be. Let him be. Give him a fucking sandwich and a Coke and a smile and a, a lounge chair. Poor guy. I feel like I have to adopt these poor men that are being battered by this fucking nonsense. <sighs>
4: Sounds like he still has some work to do because he keeps calling her his wife despite <laughs> the fact she said she's non-binary. <laughs> this fucking asshole.
3: Thank you, Chad. God, thank you. You're so right. God, the patriarchy. Ugh, patriarchy. What is this? Oh, hold on. I'm living out the homophobic reactionary fever dream. The conservatives warned me that the queer people were taking over and now I am outnumbered in my own home. Forced to hear secondhand Fleming jokes? And listen to Grimes and 100, ge- I don't know this. The horror, I, okay, whatever. Grimes, is Grimes not, I like Grimes. Do I have to uh, be, okay, I'm going to kill myself. I want to kill myself.
0: 100 kill Gex myself. is cool too. Huh? 100 Gex is cool gex. Gex. too. Yeah.
3: Great, I mean, okay. Guys, th- w- listen, one love. Well, the 90s, we were just We were just like, just one love. I accept you, you accept me. of these labels. <sighs> I wish I had someone to connect with. Like that when I was younger. they not, uh, This guy's out of his fucking
2: mind. So brainwashed. This guy just needs some friends,
0: I think.
3: Yeah, just leave. <laughs> go find some straight hetero guys and, and go to a strip club and watch football and scratch your dick. Forget about it, you fucking pussy. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, my God. Our children, queer children can be a supportive, support for parents. Queer and straight. If you let them be. What I appreciate. My kids? Yeah, of course. Listen. I get it. I get it. I, the kids. You can't. I'm not talking shit about little kids, honestly. I don't care. But the wife, bitch, you knew. You, you, that's not fair. You know what I mean? Like she's a lesbian. She knew it, and she married him. And then, yeah, come on. The kid, fine. The kids and the kids in the world. What can you do? Could you imagine you marry some woman, and all you think she had just French as girls, and then she's like, "I'm not born here, I'm a lesbian." I oh, God. Oh, it's like, could you imagine that poor Jenner? And look, I love the gays. I fucking love them. I, 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 please don't send me the emails. I, I, I was, I'm for the gays. Look at me and look up Road rolls 6, Australia. Okay, I'm 20 years old and we go to Australia in Sydney and we're doing gay pride. It's the 90s before it was cool to be pro-gay. And I'm dressed like a sailor doing frocks on the rocks and and saying very publicly that I'm pro-gay, pro-queer. So don't fucking come at me. Meanwhile, the other girl on the cast was like, I don't like the gays. I'm afraid of the gays Christianity doesn't like. I've been very pro-gay from the top. So shut the fuck up. I just don't think it's, this poor man is being hammered. Oh, Christina Ricci much thinner than me. Different Christina. Okay. Ugh, I can't leave on this. This poor guy. (laughs) Totally emasculated. (laughs) I would fucking put a gun in my mouth (laughs) if I were... I would would leave. Okay. Uh, Let's do some Pajitsky effects to take us out because these are always super fun and lighthearted. What do we got? You got any voicemail ones, Mommy?
4: Hey, Mommy, this is Nick from Chicago. I'm calling with a Pajitsky effect today. So uh, my wife is from the Eastern Bloc, hardcore, like yourself, from Ukraine, though. And, uh, you know, I always joke about having a mail-order bride. And I was in the shower this morning just thinking, and I realized it's mail as in (laughs) M-A-I-L, like the Postal Service, not M-A-L-E, like a man ordered her. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm retarded as fuck. Keep them high and tight.
2: And then you bet I'm coming
3: up in May. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. I knew that one. Yeah. It's all of you too? hmm Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you don't see the word written. You don't know for years, but okay. This one's good. And this one I just discovered as well too. My dumbass ass just figured out the anxiety relief is to lay out your clothes the night before. The schedule of being a cop working midnights often screws me up because I work overnight when the rest of the mommies are tucked in soundly for their evening nightmares. <laughs> I have been frequently embarrassed in the morning, leaving work, wearing what is essentially a mismatched hampered dump of an outfit. Yeah. Show me how those mushy purples fart. Yeah, I just started doing that myself. You can plan in advance what you will wear. And here's a new thing. So we're going on vacation next week. I've started putting outfits aside like a week ago like oh i i want to wear this and so now i have a section where i'm i'm packing slowly rather than like in a fucking frenzy the night before drunk where i pack like a pack of matches and kleenex and then like a lava lamp and that's it okay uh doing lunch do you have any uh uh oh no let's do uh this is this is true i've not been i've never done this let's see if you guys know uh, I realized that when doing dishes, when you put utensils in the utensil holder thing in the dishwasher, soy- sort them by their type, forks with forks, etc. My stupid self has been tossing them in nilly willy and scrambling to put them away in proper places while its toddler is grabbing shit out. I may be the only one that hasn't done that, but now it's a game changer for this mom of two boys. Bro, you're not the only one. Not only do I not organize forks and forks and knives and knives, I just, I throw everything in, like all mismatched on top of each other and I'll throw a pot on top of a bowl, like I don't even care. So this is changing my life, dude. Do you guys do that? Do you sort it?
4: no. Mm
2: -hmm. No, what, what's the benefit of sorting them? So that then you just grab like a, a whole stack yeah. of them and then throw it. Like you do it in like three handfuls and boom, all your silverware is back in Wait, place. Yeah, but if so you're we, doing the sorting beforehand, right. you're not
0: saving any
3: time. You think so? Mm. Yeah.
2: I mean, the close thing kind of uh, uh, is more of a Pajitsky effect for me than anything that I've. Heard. Like, normally I just throw everything in the dryer. And then I just pull stuff out of the dryer as I need them. And if they get too wrinkled, I I cycle them for like five minutes until they're warm. And then I just pull out whatever I want and I just close the door. Like I just use that as my dresser kind of. That's crazy.
3: You guys are mentally ill. Actually, I want to do this. What would Christina P do? I think this is exciting. Oh, it's an Angelino. Ooh, ooh. Uh, it says, I'm having a little issue. I'm currently five months preggers with my first and my body is really starting to change. I feel hideous and disgusting, so much so that I don't like to look in the mirror. I'm feeling super insecure about my husband not finding me attractive anymore. Because of this, I also spend a lot of time wondering if my husband is looking at other women. I've never felt this insecure before and it's driving me insane. Any insight or words of wisdom would be really helpful. Oh, I'm sorry, mommy. Listen, first of all, completely normal. It's damn near impossible, especially w- your first pregnancy, to feel great. <laughs> I mean, y- with my first pregnancy, I'll never forget. I gained, like, I, it's like the minute I found out I was pregnant, my pants wouldn't fit. I bloat super fast. I gained like 80 pounds. It was, ter- I felt like the most disgusting load on the planet. And I was convinced too that, like, I'm the ugliest piece of shit on the, on, in the world and my husband won't love me. And, What I would suggest to you is take your concern to your husband. Why don't you say it to him? I think you might need some reassurance. That reassurance might make you feel better. Um, Secondly, make him fat and ugly with you. That's what I did with Tom. Um, If you guys go out for breakfast and you order chocolate chip pancakes, you order dessert for every meal, get him in on the eating and the inappropriate behaviors too, and then you'll feel better about yourself. Tom gained about as much weight as I did on that first one. <laughs> and we were both so fat. Um, there was, was one time we were trying to F. It was like I was like eight or nine months pregnant. We were both so fat. We barely could. Um, we had to find a position that worked for both of our bellies. That was pretty cute. Uh, so, okay. So what else can you do? You know, <sighs> becoming a mother and and going through this change is a very real cycle. It's a very real change, meaning your body changed when you became an adolescent, right? Like you you were a child, you were a little girl, and then one day you had boobs and hair and places and this and that and the other thing. So you're going through another type of change. It's the change into motherhood. It's a spiritual change. It's a physical change. It's a priorities change. Everything inside of you and outside will shift. And it takes a while So be patient with yourself, be patient with all these changes. I mean, your priorities, everything, um, will shift and and you'll see too, that once you give birth to this baby, that the miraculousness of like creating a life and birthing a life and sustaining a life will trump any sort of like insecurity eventually about the imperfections of your body. Um, because it's, it's true, like, it's just not going to be the same, and that's okay. Those are your battle wounds. Life will inevitably give you battle wounds, and it's something to be proud of. So I'm sorry. It just sucks. But what you can do, and what I recommend doing, is get really cute clothes, really cute maternity clothes, um, and really cute postpartum clothes because you're going to be home for, like, three months after you give birth just in your jammies. So get really cute stuff. Uh, there's this company I just heard about called Bumpsuit. Would you would you Google Bumpsuit? This is made by a model um, for your lady bumps. Look how cool these suits are. She was a she's a model and she could not find maternity wear that was cool, and so she designed this line. and I think this is so awesome. I wish I had a Bumpsuit when I was pregnant. Um, and they, they feel, you feel tucked in, you know, really cute, really cute stuff. So dress yourself well, be kind to yourself and focus on not so much the appearance, but the miraculousness of what you're doing, which is growing a life. And I'm saying, and talk to your husband, right? What do you think? Should she talk to him and be like, do you think I'm attractive? Yeah. And have him be like, babe, I still want to bang you.
2: Yeah. I think, I think communication probably solves like most problems just yeah.
3: communicate. Just be like, I'm feeling like a fat piece of shit, and um, and he'll be like, Babe, you're not. Like, trust me. The the, the I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure Tom did think I was a fat piece of shit, but I don't think he said anything, which was really nice. <laughs> he didn't. And and you can always come back and just remember that this is very temporary nine months, the year that you're making a life is temporary and your body will go back. Your organs and everything does go back. It just takes time and you're becoming, you're changing. So be patient with yourself, okay? And don't look in the mirror. You don't want to look at yourself? Don't fucking look at yourself. <laughs> I don't look myself in the mirror when I'm naked. <laughs> and I'm a lot happier. It's like reading the comments on YouTube. Why would you fucking do that? Don't look. And then there's nothing to get bummed about. Yeah. No, but listen, nobody likes their body naked. Most people don't. Does that, do you guys, are you still, maybe you're young, but uh, are you guys, you love looking at yourself naked?
2: I, uh, I pass on it.
3: Okay. Chad?
2: Uh, I don't mind.
3: Don't, oh, well, yeah. fuck your mother and you, Zolo, so you're 12. I'm, I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> All right. No, wait, just have a couple babies and then. All right. Here we go. Third baby bounce back. I'm recovering from having my third baby. The pregnancy, I gained 70 pounds. I'm older now than with my two other kids and bouncing back is not in the cards for me. How did you lose the baby weight? And do you have any suggestions on how to keep it high and tight? Everything is pretty low and saggy right now. Thanks, mommy. I know. Listen, that whole bounce back shit is for 20 year olds. You know, when they're like, I snap back like, yeah, that's, that's a different era. Uh, um, and you've got two other kids to take care of. I would take it really slow, really slow. Um, uh, 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 and the truth is you just can't eat a lot. <laughs> Stop eating. Really? I mean, that's the truth. I read this once in this great book, uh, it was one of those cheesy books, The the Girlfriend's Guide to Pregnancy and stuff. And this woman said, you know what you should do is you make a pot of soup, like chicken soup and little veggies and bits of... And whenever you get hungry, you just eat a little bit of soup. And before you know it, you'll lose the baby weight. I mean, yeah, what you're doing is just not eating a lot. Uh, there you go. But here's what I do recommend, which is highly attainable, especially, I don't know what your childcare sitch is. Do your ten thousand steps today, and skip a meal. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> ten thousand steps—that's what a half an hour on a treadmill. You watch your your show on Netflix. You watch The Gilded Age or whatever <clears throat> nonsense you're into, and you walk for half an hour, and you you skip a dinner or breakfast. Uh, you know, I I generally tend. I not I don't. I'm not a health guru, and it's probably not the greatest advice, but. I, I eat the biggest meal of my day in the middle of the day. Noon, I, I eat whatever the heck I want. I want a cheeseburger, I eat the cheeseburger. I want ribs, I eat the ribs. And then dinner, super light. Maybe a vegetable soup or just a little veggie and some little bit of protein, healthy, healthy. And then you stop eating uh, at 6 o'clock. I go to sleep. So by the time I wake up at 6 a.m., I've, you know, it's 12 hours. I haven't eaten already. I try to go as long as I can without eating. Maybe have a little. I don't like breakfast personally. It's not for me. So actually, sorry. Let me back this up. I do uh, inter- intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting. I do it, but inadvertently because I hate fucking breakfast. I hate eggs. I hate it. I hate. It makes me want to vomit eating in the morning. So I drink coffee. I take a shit. I get all keyed up and anxious. And uh, just as I'm going into a, a crazy spiral of rage. That's when I'll eat a lot for lunch, and then uh, a little bit of dinner, and then I walk 10,000 steps, and really, that's it. Uh, It's just keeping the calories low, don't you think? Because you can eat, listen, there's diets where people can eat McDonald's, but that's all they eat that day. That's how these bitches, you never, remember Nicole Ricci and Paris Hilton back in the day, you would see them eating McDonald's? Yeah, because these fucking bitches, they slept all day. She even said this, Paris Hilton, she goes, well, I sleep all day. It's a lot. That's keeping the calories down. And then if you eat one meal, you can eat whatever the fuck you want. You're not going to get past 1,500 calories in one meal. Chad, you lost a bunch of weight. What was your secret?
4: Uh, It was a number of things. It was both like uh, an exercise routine and and like eating better. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I cook most of my dinners. Like if I have a big lunch here, I'll have a light dinner. And if I have a light lunch, I'll have a bigger dinner. Kind of the same thing where it's – yeah, I don't it's have like calibrator. I don't have two or three full meals every
3: day. No. This is and can I tell you this is the Okay, read. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I forgot this great book, French women don't get fat. French women don't get fat. Read this book, women, or listen to it on audiobooks if you've got little kids and you can't. French women don't get fat. This is an American fallacy. This is a very American thing that they have three big meals a day. You do not need to eat three big meals a Day. Not only that. Sorry, I've completely forgot. This is my whole eating philosophy. So the reason I eat a lot in the middle of the day. This is also what Europeans do. This is uh, Hungarians do this shit too. You eat a lot at the in the time of the day where you can burn it off. The Americans are so stupid when they decide to eat steak, baked potato, macaroni and cheese, drink a bunch of wine, have the dessert, and then lay down and go to sleep. So the French have a saying: whatever you, whatever you eat at night, sticks to you. So if you want to have the steak and everything, yeah, have it in the middle of the day and then you burn it off and then eat very light in the evening. This is like, this is, this actually the, after the first baby, this is how I lost a lot of the weight is I would just gorge at lunch, whatever the fuck I wanted. And then I was fasting by, you know, five o'clock, forget it. And then don't eat again until the next day at lunchtime, if you can yeah, just starve yourself and fucking exercise. Right, Chad? Starve yourself and exercise.
4: Well, I mean, starve be mindful of what you're e- eating is how I would put it.
3: <laughs> what are you eating or what are you doing? Are you doing low uh, carb, high fat?
4: So I, it's not really a system per se, but I bring soup for lunch. Usually they make fun of me for it.
3: Okay. So um, what kind of soup is it? A vegetable it's soup? It's usually
4: like lentils or something.
3: And that, that keeps you, you know, full?
4: It, or, and then I'll grab like a, maybe a protein bar at some point during the day. Okay. And then at night it's, I'll do like chicken or fish with like vegetables. <sighs> so
3: Plus, you're stringent all day.
4: Yeah. And then Muay Thai and being, I, I get on the elliptical for an hour every day. Um, if I'm not doing Muay Thai.
3: So you're starving yourself and exercising. That's what I'm fucking say. Yeah, basically.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I also got off Lexapro. That helped a whole lot.
3: Yeah. The the SSRIs will, will make you fat. Yeah.
4: Yes, they did.
3: They did. Why? Why is that?
4: Um, I'm not sure why that is, but yeah, it was. It was definitely a big side effect for me. And it's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't want to kill myself. But looking in the mirror now, <laughs> I, I kind of do.
3: Right. Well, when nobody wants to touch your dick, that makes you suicidal. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know it's such a trade-off. Plus you don't feel your genitals as much, which is kind of a bummer too. It's like
4: delayed. Yeah. Yeah. That's which wasn't that bad cuz you you can go longer then.
3: Everything's yeah, but everything's a trade-off, right? There's always a trade-off. Uh yeah. Ugh. Yeah, such a bummer. Well, you eat very cleanly. I I can't do that every day. I get depressed.
4: Yeah, I'm not they order in and out here a whole lot and I just I just don't like it. Mm. It's too all the uh oh. Here comes Nadav
2: with something to say. I'm just saying, congratulations, man. I'll <laughs> be so lucky, you piece of shit.
3: But can I tell you something? If you okay, so if you did the in and out, like for instance, if I were here and I was like, I want the in and out, you know what I would do? I would eat the burg as is, a little bit of fries, just enough, just a little, little bit of free fruit, free fruit fries. And then done. That's it. Like for dinner, it's like I'm having like a bite of nothing. You know what I mean?
4: Right. Yeah. Dinner would be if I did that. <clears throat> I probably wouldn't have dinner, just because right. it's so filling and like so. I don't know. Yeah
3: greasy because also to i mean what's really great stacia patwell the trainer that i had on here what she did in the beginning of the program with her is like she puts you on an eating schedule and this can help break because a lot of times you're just eating too much and you're not moving around enough that's why you're fucking fat right not not now of course barring pregnancy that's you're completely exempt from that model but most of us are eating compulsively mindlessly we're using it to eat instead of the feelings of having feelings, you know, we're we're not we're eating our feelings. So what she did was really great. She puts you on this diet that's like basically the same shit every meal, right? Like, so for instance, in the morning, it's like a shake with like protein powder, spinach, blueberries. That's your morning. That's what you have in the morning. And then um, your breakfast a few hours later is like a bowl of oatmeal. And then you're gonna have you know four ounces of ground turkey with some rice that's your lunch. Dinner can be like chicken breast and rice and that's your lunch and that's it. So once you, but once you pre-prep all that stuff and you just get in the routine and then you break your thing with food, right? You break the fun of food essentially. So you start to think of it as fuel. And that's one way of doing it too. That, that really helped me. Um, but, you know, but then I like eating. And so this French woman don't get fat. It does teach you ways to enjoy what you're eating and really enjoy it. Like nowadays, I I tend to eat the things I really love. I wear the things I really love. I do the things I love and I associate with the people I enjoy. I don't do shit I don't want to do no more. And um, I, yeah, so, so if I want to eat something that's naughty, like the In-N-Out, which I love, I just have a little bit, and then I'm on, and you calibrate, right? So you don't eat bread or wine for that whole day. Oh, and alcohol keeps you fat, by the way. Alcohol keeps you fat, right? Do you drink, Chad?
4: I do, How do you? but not and, as much. I, I definitely cut back a whole lot. Um, so h-
3: how much do you drink now? Like, what can you get away with and still lose weight?
4: Huh, that's a good question. That's
3: tough, because the alcohol keeps you fat, dude. That's yeah, my it, vice. I love wine, so I'm drinking the wine, and then... Each glass of wine is like 140 calories.
4: Yeah, it's all, it's all a lot of calories. That, that probably was Fuck. one of the biggest things that helped me gain weight was just the my intake of alcohol, which I have cut back on. So Yeah, yeah alcohol.
3: You just got to start doing edibles instead, which I've done. Hey, by the way, yeah, here's what I... Mm-hmm. You'd be very proud of me, Nadav. Go I, on. I, um, I started eating gummies. Um, But what I do is like the real granny kind that's like tiny, tiny, tiny THC and then mostly CBD. And like, it's been perfect. We'll take the edge off at night when I'm putting the kids down and then (sighs) night, night. Yeah, it's been great. I wake up. Yeah, I'm not hungover. I don't eat much. Uh, Anyway, I could talk about diet all day long. It's so interesting to me. But the the truth is you just got to stop eating. You just got to become anorexic. That's what these bitches do. (laughs) I can't do it though I wish I could oh my god yeah yeah okay listen email me where my mom's at, at gmail.com but read that book French Women Don't Get Fat or listen to the audible it will change the way you think about food because I think Americans eat quantity and they don't they don't enjoy the quality of what they eat that's, that's how we eat in this country versus like really enjoying it but just eating a little bit Anyway, where my mom's at at gmail.com, 213-375-5184. I want to do an ask me anything episode as well. So we're going to start receiving those. Okay, Zolo. So be on the lookout. If you have a video, you want to ask me something in great voicemail, email it. I want to do a whole episode where I'll answer your questions. Okay, okay. Um, I love you. This has been a great time. I love you guys. Thank you for getting me out of the house to get away from my demon children. Uh, it's been lovely talking with you and uh, subscribe to the show. And until next time, stay cool, moms. Bye. Hi, mommy. Thank you for watching that episode. Did you like what you see? I hope you did. So why don't you subscribe? Just click the subscribe button and you know hit the notification bell so you can get notified. And also, why don't you watch another video? What, watch one of these. You know what I'm saying? Like right here, down there, whatever. There's so much stuff, bro. I make these all the time for you to watch. That's why I'm here. I love you.